0: Hi guys, this is Andre, welcome to the Marketing Innovation Podcast Show. Today we will have a strategy episode and here with me we have Roland and we will analyze why marketing to millennials will kill your business or more specifically why marketing to millennials as a whole will kill your business and what to do in order to use this strategy specifically and effectively and to target the best subgroups for you while growing your business in a sustainable way and in a profitable way. Stay close. Hi guys, welcome to our marketing innovation podcast show. This is Andre. I'm here with Roland, our voice specialist, I'm the director of the company, and today we are going to discuss about strategy and more specific about why marketing to millennials will kill your business. So um, don't take it too seriously for now, it's not that abrupt, but we have some really, really important points that we want to make through the articles and... um, you know if they are going to be a very big plus to your strategic overview and thinking about your um, marketing strategy going forward. So, why are we tackling this subject? Is because um, by working with a number of our clients in the past uh, years, we have seen many in the past months that more and more businesses try to target a younger audience, which is a very good thing. Uh, young people. Uh, so, you know, below 35, they are definitely a good um, demographic to target because uh, they are affluent, um, because they are young, uh, maybe they make more purchases on spot and so on. Um, however, there are some very, very important things to keep in mind, because uh, what we heard very often is uh, when asking them, who do you like your mar- target market to be? Uh, many of our clients in the beginning said, well, we'd like to have millennials. But uh, that is not actually enough, because uh, if you are to define a millennial as most marketing publications do, uh, they are people born between the mid-80s and the mid-90s. So that's probably people aged between uh, 23 and 37 years old. So when we look at this customer group only from a demographic perspective, uh, we can obviously see that they might not be as homogeneous as possible. And seeing them as a homogeneous group is certainly impact your BCC in so many ways. And this can end up in a financial disaster as well as a brand disaster and so on. Today, we are going to tackle this issue and see how you can stay away from this as well as design a marketing strategy and uh, implement the processes that you need in order to make this effective.
1: Cool. So uh, you're being the expert here in... Uh... The digital side of business. Um, I will ask you some general questions just to learn more about the space and also to mm-hmm. give you the chance to give uh, uh, exact solution for these uh, marketing problems. Um, I would mm-hmm. like, sure yeah, thing. I would like to start with uh, how would you define a millennial exactly? So as I mentioned.
0: Um, You know, they they are the people aged between uh, 23 and 37 years old. Um, However, they cannot be defined, uh, you know, I mean, some of the characteristics are that they are being more accustomed to technology, Um, they are more interconnected, they lived through the technological revolution that has happened in the past, you know, couple of decades. But, however, I would like to get a bit more specific here and um, talking about how this cannot really be seen as a... as a singular segment. So when referring to a single customer segment, given the current fast-moving market conditions, it is uh, essential, mainly as a brand, uh, to have very specific criteria for which you uh, target these people. So um, what we use uh, here at you and is uh, a tool that most marketeers use when defining their target market, um, we create a customer persona. So this customer persona is the ideal customer profile that you have for a product or for your business. So um, this customer persona is being built by attaching uh, demographic, psychographic, behavioral, geodemographic uh, characteristics to this person, um, having her or him um, represents the you know ideal customers. So you integrate in this their behaviors in society, where they like to spend their time, where they consume media, where they make purchases, what type of purchases, uh, income, and so on and so forth. So uh, you know it's many many characteristics uh, that go into this. So um, looking at the people in this uh, broad range, uh, twenty-three to thirty-seven years old, there are. There are a number of major characteristics that differ, uh, and uh, dramatically actually um, prevent them from being eligible to be categorized as one as one single um, group. And uh, probably the first one that I would like to mention is uh, that the times have been changing. So, uh, for example, let's uh, let's take you as. Um, You know, somebody that hasn't been working directly in marketing, but you do have uh, products and you work in our product development. So you are a really big specialist in the voice space. Um, Do you think that um, customers act the same um, in their twenties as opposed to in their thirties as a general rule? Uh, What technology improvements do you think might have um, changed?
1: Yeah, um, if you think of it, a decade of technology advancements, it's huge. Like mm-hmm. 10 years ago, we had, we like just got the first iPhone and most of the, most of people were still using um, uh, dumb phones like Nokias or the smartphones would be the Blackberries with a key and a small touch screen with a stylus to access emails and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, if you think of it compared to now, uh, back then you you were not able to browse uh, social media on your phone. You were not able to really read the articles on your phone. And even the, the internet on the phone was a, just a bad experience. Mm-hmm. But like in 10 years, everything changed. Uh, like it, it, it's still crazy that your phone is your main computing device and main interface with the digital world. Mm-hmm. And, and uh,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what uh, what I wanted to you know kind of like hear from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I wanted to emphasize here is that people that um, were born in the early eighties, for example, yeah. um, when they in- encountered this technological revolution, they were just going out of college, but. When they were going through the college or through while while growing up, basically they were still using the old way of researching for information. They didn't have the internet into their day to day lives. Uh, if they wanted to connect to their friends, they should have done it via you know phone, like traditional phone or face to face. While as um, people that were born in the mid '90s or early '90s. When they grew up, they had internet in their day-to-day lives. Most probably, they had a computer. By the time they entered college, they would have, surely, a mobile phone. Uh, They grew up with social networks and so on and so forth. So, um, obviously, the way that they are used to consume media, the way that they are used to do research, and even the way that um, they make purchases is very much different. And this also has an impact on the way that they consume advertising. So... um, for example, um, the millennials that um, are being born in the 80s, so the, let's call them the a bit more mature millennials, uh, they are now entering family life, uh, possibly being married or even with children, while, while the 90s kids, to say so, they are just finishing university and entering the real job market. And um, that's another very important element for brands to... Keep in mind when uh, they think about the millennial group because um, these two subcategories of millennials will have very different uh, purchase needs, purchase behaviors, as well as disposable income. Because somebody just entering a job market won't have that much money to spend on uh, things that are not absolutely necessary. Uh, Probably they won't have too much money for luxury products, while as people entering family life, you know, might do. Um, So, a couple of things again that they are very important in the way that they are uh, consuming and um, developing relationships with brands is because of the life uh, life stage of each of these you know potential customers. Uh, a person below twenty five would be looking for experiences and social values more than um, other things in brands, and this is a thing backed up by research. Mintel has been doing a lot of reports on this and how the younger millennials. Um, tend to develop relationships with brands that are you know, giving back to society and uh, having positive values, uh, enhancing the experience of that brand uh, and the emotional connection as opposed to the practical things. And this is exactly, well, very much different to the older millennials, which value very much the practicality of um, the things and the endurance um and uh, even the science fiction elements again uh in um, the advertising message uh so for example you know star trek or star wars or these kind of um things that were trendy when they grew up and they are you know kind of like remembering from back when they were
1: yeah like kids. here i would like to add um look at uh, pokemon go why do you think it exploded because uh, they uh, accessed these small parts of nostalgia in us mm-hmm and uh, made us re-engage with the brand and with the game we all grew up with. Like, we, yeah. w- we used to play Pokemon on Game Boys and Nintendo devices. And mm-hmm. uh, while adding this new AR feature to the game, it kinda, um, it used the millennials as a platform for re-engaging with the Pokemon um, universe. And also brought the uh, new generation that grew up with uh, mobile phones and AR Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and would be more interested in uh, AR, the AR feature of the game. So they combined this and created this amazing product uh, that Mm -hmm. just exploded because they targeted two different, uh, as you said, the uh, older generation uh, of the millennials millennials with the newer one. And... Mm -hmm. uh, they managed to cover the entire spectrum of the Millennium, plus the uh, Generation Z, I think they're called now. Um, and uh, yeah, now now if you look at the uh, majority of the players, most of them are Generation Z, but the uh, big explosion happened because of the uh, Millennials that tried to re-engage with their childhood by playing the game. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but uh, it's a super good example. And uh, yeah, it's also one of the recent things that has happened. Mm -hmm. But um, however, as you mentioned, they had to kind of like shrink their target market in order to be able to grow and, uh, you know, survive because there were the drivers, then the adopters and then, you know, kind of the ones that are driving forward. And this is not necessarily something, you know, uh, identical to the people that kind of like were the very early adopters which were the millennials in our case
1: yeah um i wanted to ask you what do you think about the uh, uh, market channels what do you think the their attention is at the moment and how do you think this is gonna evolve
0: amazing question uh yeah so this is also uh, you know the third point that i wanted to make in terms of the differences uh because as as we mentioned the a part of the millennials was growing up with more technology than the others uh, when growing up. So um, thinking beyond the core product benefits, uh, which are you know like for example the food, the fact that it fills you up, or the car that is being transporting you from place A to place B. Uh, many times, mainly if the added brand value is high, so if a product is being perceived more luxury, uh, the augmented product characteristics are the ones that make a difference in the purchase decision for most people. So, um, while thinking about these core uh, differences between the two age poles of the broad millennial and the ways that they consume uh, advertising and they integrate technology in their lives, um, for the under 25s or for the under 27s even, um, they grew up with social media in their lives. And because of this, they were very much exposed um, to many, many people all the time. So this made them be more um, prone to being influenced by instant gratification and, um, you know, being in the center of attention all the time. We can see this in uh, influencers online nowadays and in the way that people post uh, and paint their perfect lifestyles on Instagram and Facebook and so on and so forth. Um, So they place a very high value on the peer approval uh, and their online social brand. Um, And they are much more open to purchasing online than the older groups, so because of the technology bit. Um, But they don't have such a strong purchasing power. But they influence their peer group much more at the moment um, than the older ones, the older millennials, um, if they are strong ambassadors within their group of uh, friends, let's say. However, you know, kind of like, this is a shift. So it's a shift from uh, on, purely online to online social, where the peer approval and, uh, you know, um, getting um, information from your friends online uh, through social media is becoming um, much more popular than um, the traditional way of looking for information online that the older millennial demographic uh, was accustomed to. Th- does it make sense?
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. And, yeah, uh... so... Yeah, uh, how do you, um, uh, like taking into consideration all of these, how do you think brands can innovate in uh, targeting marketing and making uh, their uh, strategy more effective?
0: Mm, okay, uh, let me, let me um, emphasize something a bit before we go to that, because um, this is exactly the direction that um, I wanted to take the discussion into, okay. so kind of fi- finding a mix, but um, it's very important now to consider that um, in terms of the elements of the marketing mix, uh, if these younger millionaires are more prone to, you know being influenced by people online or um, have a smaller attention span or, um, you know, don't consume Facebook as much as Instagram is certainly something to keep in mind and apply this to, you know, kind of like the same concept when targeting the older ones. So making sure that you understand how they consume media and what's bringing value to them. So um, these are kind of like the main reasons why I was uh, why I wanted to emphasize how important it is to not have a singular view of the of the millennials. And then um, the risks. uh first first of all, would be that targeting all these people at once and hoping this will work will result in a very weak brand identity because um, of the above mentioned reasons that um, they value different things at different times. And then it's gonna be very hard for you to develop relationships as a brand with either of them because you will not match perfectly um, either of their value uh, sets of value. So um, by not doing so, uh, you are at a very high risk that competitors who do this correctly, uh, so your competitors will uh, see this as an advantage and therefore you will lose a lot in terms of uh, the branding and this will automatically result in a um, loss in sales so um, the solution here would be to focus on a smaller millennial niche segment and design the mix uh, of values and brand message to directly and deeply appeal to them first or develop a portfolio of products under the same brand and uh, for each product uh, have a certain persona that um, that you want to target for your messages and now answering your question roland which is uh, probably one of the very big uh, you know points of uh, our episode today is uh, how to choose the best ways in which you market to them, and the marketing mix needed to reach them best, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So um, I would say that if you target the whole group as a whole, your marketing effectiveness is going to be low, much lower than it can be if you play it smart. Because, as we mentioned, different demographics consume different types of media in different ways. So a very simple example would be taking a 35 years old and a 25 years old and analyzing the way that they scroll through social media. Um, Probably, you know, if you have a bigger brother or somebody uh, aged around 35, you'd see that they tend to watch everything that is on their uh, Facebook feed, and then they tend to kind of read through the post and scroll at a much lower pace, while as somebody age 25, let's say, they just go through their feet like crazy, like they just stop where, when they might see something important. But this is a very big consideration for brands, because this means that if they target the younger demographic, then they have to have a very strong hook that uh, you know offers them a very limited uh, time frame where they can hook the attention and actually have these people consume the media. Now, um, going further into the social media bit now that we open the subject, um, Mm -hmm. Instagram is probably the best uh, medium for um, advertising to the younger subgroup rather than Facebook, which is more used by the older group at the moment. And then considerations should be whether you want the advertisement to be desktop or mobile again, because the younger audience is much more mobile oriented, whereas the older subgroup of millennials are more, you know, kind of like desktop consumers. So that's also due to their um, life stage as well, because they probably tend to work much more in an office, have a settled life, maybe, more or less. So uh, while this is only an example, the insight is valid on a broader scale, because the way that they grew up, the older millennials might also be um, more... um, Consuming more outdoor advertising or print advertising, they watch more TV than the younger ones who tend to consume more media on demand, such as Netflix or Spotify. Um, well, Spotify is a good demographic, well, Spotify is a good channel for um, the older millennials as well, but it's just a matter of how they consume advertising. And um, this is something to, to always keep in mind. So, for example, if you target the younger, millennials and uh, you have a very good customer persona many times TV will not be a good channel for you to advertise and that's a very very big chunk of money that you can use and uh, you know put into digital operations or digital systems of advertising that you know for example we do here at MarketU to help brands engage with customers on a deeper level and automate very many of these interactions in order to create this strong brand um, image as well as tailored customer message. So I know it was a long answer, but does it answer the question?
1: Yeah, um, uh, for the listeners now, how do you um, summarize these all things brands should uh, take into consideration in just like 30 seconds, if you can give a big, uh, an overview of the whole topic?
0: Uh, Yeah, sure. So um, one, one thing would be to find exactly the niche market that you want to go into, and then tailor a core marketing channels mix, so the minimum of channels that you need in order to kickstart your communications, and then uh, tap into the power of email marketing automation and sales funnel optimization. Retarget your social media ads to your website visitors, because this way you'll save a lot of money and engage on different mediums with people landing on your website and are actually interested in your products, as well as don't try to please everybody, but rather try to um, design, to, to split up your uh, you know, portfolio of products into singular products targeted at singular markets and design a marketing communications mix for each singular smaller group. I think that that's uh that's a, the essence of what we were discussing now and the way in which you can target millennials in a profitable way and future proof if you want.
1: Cool. Yeah. Should we wrap up?
0: Yeah, let's do so um it was a, it was an amazing episode and wrapping up, I would just want to emphasize again the importance of uh, millennials as a customer group, but also the importance of understanding how different uh, certain mini groups within millennials are. So definitely go and target them if they are the customers that are matching your offering, but just make sure that... Um, you have uh, because you you don't have unlimited marketing budgets. Make sure that you choose the best channels to target them, and make sure for each of your products uh, you consider branding as one of your most important assets. So create uh, you know attach the right values to the brand, and then market them through the right ways to the right customers at the perfect time. And this is the way that you're gonna win. Automate a lot of your messages and don't try to, you know, run singular marketing campaigns on platforms, but rather try to create um, engines and systems, if you like, of um, multiple campaigns or on multiple channels that are being designed around the customer lifecycle and where they are in their buying journey with your brand. And again, this is the way that you're going to win and you're going to have a sustainable growth because that's where the industry is going and uh, you know, that's where the opportunity is at the moment. Awesome. So this was it for today. Uh, Roland, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast show today. And uh, guys, thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, Thank you for all the love and for keeping up to date with what we do here as well. As always, if you have um, anything that you'd like to find out more, just reach out to us. If you have any questions, we'd be super, super happy to help you. Um, And otherwise, just share the word about what we do here. And looking forward to meeting you on the next episode. Keep up the great work and best of luck.